Uh, we'll get right into it this evening. Um, do uh, appreciate uh, everybody's indulgence. I know it don't bother you so much when we're at home, but uh, it does me. I'm, I guess I'll be honest. It's kind of, how do I put it, uh, selfish, greedy, unsure, a lot of those little things there. Um, we went to the uh, follow-up appointment today with our pain management uh, and uh, after reviewing what's going on and stuff, we are uh, going to follow back up with our surgeon. And uh, so it looks like our prognosis is most likely going to be next surgery. Don't know anything more than the fact that we got an appointment to go see him on July the 11th at this point so uh, do ask your prayers for us and uh, we'll uh, just continue to wait on the Lord we're there uh, starting some new medicine uh, right now to uh, get us through to that time and they said that that's basically it's just a band-aid to what we'll need to do so uh, asking your prayers there uh, continue to pray for Sister Donna Fay and also for Sister Donna Arnold. Uh, help pray for her. Uh, Brother Mike Coggard's family, they're doing better, but continue to pray for them. Uh, little Lucas is doing better, but continue to pray for him. Uh, Jason, <coughs> excuse me, and Darren, uh, please lift them up in your prayers. Jason's got a respiratory infection. Darren's got an EKG uh, scheduled and uh, uh, so uh, pretty big issues there uh, so remember them in your prayers uh, Jason Hall can pray for him Sister Joanne and Brother Jerry uh, Brother Loy Shores Norma Whitledge and Anita Humphreys uh, Brother Johnny Belt continue to pray for him and then also their grandson Justin uh, Raquel Campbell, Billy Walters, uh, Donna Cottle, uh, Jessica and family, um, Ju the Judy Pixley family, uh, Brother Daniel and Sister Diane, Sister Rose Todd and their family, uh, Evan, our missionaries, uh, Brother Chuck and Sister Rhonda, Reverend Charles Chester, uh, Zach Dill and his family, Joe and Betty Howard, uh, little Grayson Wilkinson, uh, Sister Gail's great-great-great-great-nephew, uh, and then our shut-ins, Sister Mary Jane, Sister Tawana, Brother Junior, uh, lift all of these up in your prayers, if you would, uh, remembering each one of them. Uh, do remember Brother uh, Lonnie Burks be coming uh, June 24th and 25th for our uh, uh, revival services so do remember that and uh, I'll be checking with him again a little bit closer to see if he's going to be with us on the 26th uh, but do remember that uh, Brother Mike is still scheduled at this time for September uh, 12th, 13th and 14th I do believe so do uh, remember that in your prayers uh, with that we'll go to the Lord in prayer so uh, We'll go to the Lord in prayer and uh, get into our lesson tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love, mercy, and grace. And we thank you, dear God, for the blessings you give us, Lord. 
thanking you, Father, for this day and opportunity, Lord, to uh, go forth and do your will, Father, to break forth thy word. Lord, just thank you for the ability that we have, not only to have it, but to read it, but God, to understand it. Lord, we pray, Father, that you just touch each and every heart, each and every life according to your plan and purpose. And we pray, Father, that you just uh, lead, God, and direct, dear Lord. Uh, Father, I pray tonight, touch those that are sick, grieved, and afflicted, dear God. Touch those that mourn, Lord, we pray. And dear God, help us, Lord, with all the uh, decisions and circumstances we face. Lord, just uh, we put our faith and our trust in you. We know that you always know what's right. and You'll always do what's right for us, Lord. And we just ask you, Father, now, help us in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Amen. I uh, did fail to mention, I uh, wanted to add a, a, some uh, family friends of ours, the Allen family. Uh, just uh, pray for them. Uh, and the uh, Lord knows their needs. And uh, he, he knows how to best handle all that. So we uh, uh, thank that. But just remember them, if you would, as, as, as in your prayers. Um, boy, how to put this started. Uh, uh, yesterday, I felt like uh, the world was against me. I, I told Meta the other, uh, the other evening, yesterday evening, um, come home and, and just uh, trying to do a few things and uh, just uh, how to put it, just didn't, didn't work out the way I wanted it to. I'll just put it to you that way. Uh, and we sit down and we we tried to uh, watch some preaching, and, and we couldn't get through it. And then we uh, was going to do some studying and um, opened up our computer to get into our King James Pure Bible search, and it was dead and uh, just seemed like that. So uh, we got our Bible out and got our phone out and started trying to do some things. And I just got to thinking about things and got to thinking about the Bible and uh, you know started just trying to praise the Lord and, and, and know that no matter what we're going through he's in control he knows what's best um, and uh, then today uh, got up and uh, had a had a pretty good morning and, and God blessed me pretty good I'll just I'll just tell you uh, it rains it's hard to locate and stuff but uh, I did had several locates today to do and, and most of them I uh, didn't have any gas that I had to worry about, but those that did have, it always seemed like it stopped raining or wasn't raining very hard when I had to do that. And then when we come home, we had to uh, play musical chairs with the cars and stuff to get ready for the doctor's appointment this afternoon, and um, it didn't rain at all. And you say, well, Brother Ernie, what, what matter is that? Well, after we got the cars all moved and I, I had actually done a long, longer locate, uh, drove home, got all the cars moved back around where we need them to be, come in the house and just as soon as we come in the house it just started pouring down rain. And so I told Ned, I said, I, I was very blessed with everything that seemed to be wrong yesterday. A whole bunch of things went right today. And the truth of the matter is, is that God always knows. And we need to trust his word and we need to trust what he says and what he'll do. And realizing this, nothing that happened yesterday hindered my relationship or my walk with God. None of that uh, was life-changing, devastating, you know, none, none of those things right there. Uh, 
but it just makes us stop to take inventory sometimes that, um, you know, while it may be that things don't work the way you want them to, then if you just stay the course and keep the faith and hold on, God has a way of working things out. And you'll realize that, you know, sometimes what we consider uh, devastating or the world's against us really isn't that at all. It's just part of life. And uh, God knows all about our life. And, you know, my, my computer being dead didn't stop me from reading my Bible, didn't stop me from um, being able to study in God's Word, and didn't stop me from searching through um, but uh, anyways, uh, just just want to say, you know, uh, that's what brought us to where we're at tonight and what we're going to look at. Um, see, the whole point or the whole process for us to successfully live a Christian life is trusting in God's Word. And God has some things to say about it. Uh, Fifteen times in the Bible, uh, we find the two words, my word. Uh, written together and those 15 times 14 of them are specific to God himself uh, in Christ and once uh, is Elijah uh, talking but again he was doing the will of God he's a prophet of God and so tonight we're going to look through and uh, read these uh, places here this evening uh, so uh, give us a few minutes of your time uh, we, we will do this. We're going to start in Numbers chapter 11. Uh, Numbers chapter 11. I want you to think about uh, God. Uh, he is, how can I put it? Uh, he is capable unlike us we we are not always capable we may always be willing but we're not always capable of keeping our word uh, uh, sometimes things change and we have to apologize because we couldn't do something we said we would do um, but in in this you know thinking about this the lord has lead the children of israel the things that are going on uh, the murmuring the complaining and yet God's word is there. He's faithful. Uh, just sounds like us today a lot of times, murmuring, complaining, but that there's, there's God's word is faithful. Uh, it comes to this point in verse 21. It said, And Moses said, The people among whom I am are 600,000 footmen, and thou hast said, I will give them flesh that they may eat a whole month. Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them, or shall the fish of the sea be gathered together? Uh, for them to suffice them. And the Lord said unto Moses, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass. I, I want you to think about this for just a second. God, Moses is dressing here. God has told them, here's, here's, here's what's happening. Moses says, this is how many people I've got. Are you, are you, how, how are we going to do this? We're going to kill everything? The fish go... But, but this is the deal, church. A lot of times what we see impossible, God sees as possible. And remember, nothing's impossible with God. God can feed 
uh, 5,000 with two loaves and five fishes, or he can feed uh, 2,000, 4,000, uh, 2,000. Uh, it, it, he doesn't need a substance or base like we do, if you stop to think about it. He sustained Elijah and the widow and her son all that time uh, with that course of oil and the barrel of meal that was basically empty, was supposed to be done. Uh, she was going to gather two sticks and she was going to make their, their last bit and she, she was prepared for her and her son to die. And here's the man of God says, go and, and fetch this and, and bring me first this. And she did. And the Bible said that, that it sustained. Uh, it didn't run out. Uh, God is able to do this if you, if you just stop and think about it. And it says, and Moses went out and told uh, the, and Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took of the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that wherein the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. Uh, it, it's just when you, when you will stop and do God's will and trust God, God works miracles. God works wonders. Um, in Numbers chapter 20, in verse 24, it says, And Aaron shall be gathered unto his people. He shall not enter into the land which I have given the children of Israel, because ye rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. And if you think about this, this is back and, and I say back, this is on ahead. Uh, but Moses was told that he was to speak to the rock and that God would send forth water out of the rock. And him and Aaron were upset. They were mad. And Moses came and, and gathered the people together. And he even said this. He said, must I fetch you water of this rock? Um, Moses wasn't fetching nothing. Uh, he, he, he was not fetching a thing. He was to speak to the rock, and he was to glorify God, exalt God in the eyes of the people. He was supposed to bring glory to the Lord in the eyes of the people. And instead, he does what he does there. And, and God tells him, he says, And Aaron shall be gathered unto his people. Now realize this, Moses did not go into the land of promise either. Uh, he did not enter into Canaan. He was took up on the mount. He was able to see it. Uh, he died there. God buried him there. He was able to see it, but he didn't get to go into it. Aaron didn't get to go into it. Matter of fact, I, I, I was reading this the other day, and I, I just it, this is probably one of these ones where you read it and you don't think about it, but then you read it and you read it again, and you really stop to think about it. And it said that God told them after this, that they were to go up onto the mount, and they went up. And when they went up there, uh, Aaron died. Uh, well, let's just read read this, because uh, because he strips of his garments. Or I mean, it's just um, this story. When I read read it again, like I said, it just really kind of put me in a place uh, there. Uh, but verse twenty four is what we read. Verse twenty six, and it said, and Aaron stripped and and excuse me. Take Aaron and Eleazar, his son, verse 25, and bring them up into Mount Hor, and strip Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eleazar, 
his son, and Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, and shall die there. And Moses did as the Lord commanded, they, and they went up into Mount Hor in the sight of all the congregation. And Moses stripped Aaron of his garments and put them on Eleazar his son. And Aaron died there in the top of the mount, and Moses and Eleazar came down from the mount. And when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, they mourned Aaron thirty days, even all the house of Israel. Just like that. What was the problem there? What was the situation there? Uh, they went against. He said, because you rebelled against my word at the waters of Meribah. Why did, why did Saul lose his kingdom? Because he refused. He, he did not do the will of God. He rebelled against the word of God. Uh, in Aaron and Moses, in the same instance, because of what they did. And, and I, could, I could tell you this. I can think of all kinds of reasons that God would not have allowed Aaron and Moses to go over to the land of promise. But all of those things were forgiven. All those things were done away with. But when it come down to the end, here, here's something that God said. You did this. You didn't glorify me in front of the people. You, you didn't bring, you know, you didn't exalt me. And because you did not do this, instead you rebelled against me you're you're not going you're going to be gathered into uh to you know as as he put there into his people uh, aaron was to die uh that day and so it did he did it came to pass in that way in first kings chapter six uh if you go over there in first kings chapter six uh we won't read again uh through all of these things here uh, but God has uh, given the description of the temple. He's, he's telling them things there. Uh, so in verse 9 it says this, So he built the house and finished it and covered the house with beams and boards and cedars and then built the chambers against the, the house five cubits high and they rested the house in the cubits. And the word of the Lord came to Solomon saying, Concerning this house which thou art in, art in building, if thou wilt walk in my statutes and execute my judgments and keep all my commandments to walk in them, then will I perform my word with thee, which I spake unto David thy father. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. And I want you to think about this for just a second. We talk about the covenant that God had with David and uh, how that he promised him there should not fail a man to sit upon the throne all the days of his, his kingdom. You know, uh, if he would walk with him, Solomon was supposed to walk with God. Uh, Solomon asked God for wisdom to lead the children of Israel. And God told him, because you ask for wisdom and not for riches, I'll give you both of them. And we know that Solomon uh, strayed off. But God has always given a promise. And it, it, it's not any different today than what it was then. Uh, but that if we would walk with God and do his commandments and, and follow his word, he would perform his word. Remember the blessing and the curse that God promised in the book of Deuteronomy? Uh, he said, I set before thee this day a blessing and a cursing. And what was it? The blessing was for obedience. The cursing was of disobedience. And we find that throughout all the years that was, in all the years that are, 
uh, still yet that God always blesses obedience. God always curses disobedience. Why? Because in bless in, in receiving the blessing or being obedient, we're following his word. Remember, he said that if they would do what he had told them to do concerning this house that thou art building, that will if thou will walk in my statutes. There, there's, there is a stipulation um, that, and I, and I put these in context sometimes, I try to tell people, when, when God is talking here, uh, he, he's always got a, and, and I don't want to say a rule, but he, he's got a, a, a conjunction, or, uh, and that may not even be a good word to put there, but, but he, he's, he's always telling them, if you will do X, I will do Y. Uh, if you do A, I do B, uh, you know, all of these things, but it's always relating back to God saying, if you walk with me, I can bless you. If you walk contrary to me, I'm not going to bless you. If you walk in my word, I'll fulfill my word in your life. If you walk contrary to my word, then you'll reap the, you'll, you'll reap the, uh, the, the punishment, so to say, uh, of what God's word says. And so, even in this, he's telling them, he said, if you're going to do what I tell you to do and you're going to follow me in the way that I said to follow me, I'm going to go back to what I told David, your father, and I'm going to keep that covenant. I'm going to keep that word that I gave him uh, with you in church. It's, it's just that simple. It's just that easy that God has established his word uh, so that you and I, if we would follow it, God's going to fulfill it. So in looking there, First uh, Kings chapter 17, verse 1, um, this is where I was talking about the, it's not God's word in God specific and saying my word, uh, but rather it's Elijah, uh, and, and he gives it. But again, remember, he's the man of God. He's the prophet of God. He's giving out uh, the message. He's telling them uh, what's going to happen. So I'll turn over there get you a few more verses of that there and Elijah the Tishabite who was of the inhabitants of Gilead said unto Ahab as the Lord God liveth of Israel liveth before whom I stand there shall not be dew nor rain these years but according to my word and the word of the Lord came unto him saying get thee hence and turn eastward and hide thyself by the brook of Cherith uh, that it that is before Jordan uh, now, now, just think about this. God's given a word. Elijah's given God's word. But Elijah says, you know, when, when you see me, uh, it's not going to rain again until I say for it to rain again. Uh, and so uh, just in this, again, it's God's word. It's God's will. It's God's plan. It's God's purpose. And God's man's doing it. But that's the only place of these 15 times where it does not give it direct back to the correlation of God uh, as far as God speaking it. Uh, then you go over to Isaiah 55. Things here tonight, I'm just being honest with you. I I love the book of Isaiah, the 52nd chapter. We, we read it a lot in, in the latter 13th verse there. 53rd chapter is probably, again, one of my favorite chapters of the whole Bible. I love it. I love Isaiah chapter 12, things that, uh, places that I go to and I can read there. Uh, but when you, when you get here, 
uh, you start looking at these things. But chapter 55, and I, I turn to 53 so easily sometimes. Um, go back to verse 1. I guess you can say, here's God telling you. Again, a message of God, his word um, in, in this. He said, Hold, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy, eat, yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfy not hearken diligently unto me, and ye, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline thine ear, come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. This right here, I I love to to put in aspect, and I and I, I quote it sometimes, and I get it wrong. I'm not going to get it wrong tonight. Listen to what God says in Isaiah chapter 55 in those few verses. And then listen to what, he's, what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, uh, verse 28. Come unto me, all you that are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. Souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look what he says. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Well, how do we do that? Through God's word, listening to God's word. God's telling them right here. Here's the thing that that uh, you know you're, you're you're basically you're wasting your life uh, in one aspect because you're trying to get something that really is is not going to benefit you the way that it would be if you would follow me. Incline your ear, come unto me here, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. If you go back here, look at what he said in in First Kings six. What? And he said there, if uh, if you that will walk in my statutes and execute my judgment and keep my commandments to walk in them, then will I perform my word with thee, even as I spake unto David thy father. He's going to make an everlasting covenant with with them, even as the sure mercies of David. Um, and he talks about a witness there. Then he goes down, and he, in verse 6, he says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Uh, let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Uh, he, he's just he's just telling us who he is and what he can do and, and you know why we're limited God's not limited uh, God has a great desire to do things that uh, only he can do uh, in a way that only he can do them and he he's willing to do these things with the people uh, then you go over a little further down there for as the rain cometh down and the snow and the heaven returneth not hither but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud and it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Uh, so shall my word, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the things whereunto I sent it. 
I, I love this verse in, in this aspect. Think about what he said. So shall my word be that goeth out forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. It shall. Look at that. But it shall accomplish that which I please. Um, you ever thought about the preaching of the gospel and how that uh, we we feel like when people hear the word of God, and I've said this so many times my own self in life, I can't believe people can hear about God and, and see what God does and, and not accept God and not stay with God or, or people uh, get saved, but then they turn their back on God. And, and I can't understand all that. We see all that. God's word goes out, and it convicts hearts. Uh, it's going to do what God desires for it to do. But God does not make anybody. He does not force us to keep his word. He doesn't force us to be uh, mind-numb robots in, in, in having to do what he thinks uh, or having us to do what he knows is right. He allows us to make the choice. Uh, but it's going to accomplish. God's word is going to accomplish. It's going to speak to the heart. It's going to challenge the mind. It's going to convict the soul. Uh, it's it's going to make a um, impact uh, on the line. Uh, and so I love that one right there. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. And just remember, he's told us these things. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Uh, seek him while, he's, while he can be found. Call upon him while he's near. And then he says, come. It, or he started off with come. Uh, Ho, everyone that thirsts, come ye to me. Uh, come ye to, to the waters. Remember, Isaiah chapter 12 says that he's the wells of salvation. Uh, Jesus said unto the woman at the well, if you'd have known whom it was that told thee to give, asked thee to give thee drink, thou would have asked me, and I would have gave you living waters uh, springing up from within. And it just all boils back down to this. His word. Uh, keeping his word. Isaiah chapter 66. Just a few passages here. Uh, verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house without build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor, and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth, at my word. I, I mean, you think about something here tonight. Uh, God just declared, the heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where's the house that we're going to build for him? Where's the house for him? Well, in the New Testament, it tells me and you that we are the living temple of the living God. Uh, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We, we are the place in which God is dwelling. I will walk in them and they with me. Uh, when I think about the scriptures and what he says there and what his word says, and then to look at this and think about what he said here, who's God looking at? Who is God looking for? Where's God wanting to dwell? Think about this for just a second. For all those things hath my hand made, and all those things has been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is, uh, that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. You know, I say this a lot, and I use this uh, Sunday. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What do we know about God? Everything written in this Bible, everything in the book is what we know. And this is God's word. This is his word. And what is he saying there? He that trembleth 
at my word. Um, you know, a respect for God's word uh, would change the hearts and minds of a lot of people. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Respect for God's word would, would make a lot of folks a lot different. And, I, and I'll be honest with you in this way. A respect for God's word would make our country different, uh, would make our homes different, uh, make our churches different. And, and if we stop to think about what it is that God wants, well, he said, be, be separate, saith the Lord, come out from amongst them and touch not, or touch not the unclean thing. Uh, and, and so God has, has called us, as he said, we're peculiar people, a chosen generation. When he's talking about Israel and the things there, but, but to you and I even, a peculiar people, why? Because we don't live the way that others live. We don't think the way that others think. We try to base everything that we do and the way that we think and the way that we live upon what thus saith the word of God and what his, his plan is for our lives. And, you know, I don't do a perfect job of it. I'm I striving to do a better job of it. I, I'm not going to lie about it. I, I want to do a better job. I want to be um, more concerned about the things of God in every aspect of my life, not in just most of it, but in everything, uh, even to the point sometimes, you know, I used to, uh, in I've gave this testimony before to Lynetta's uh, grandparents. Uh, before they would do anything, they'd always sit down and they prayed over over their money and, and what they should do with it and how they should spend it. You know, uh, even if it meant going and buying a new lamp. You know, uh, prayed about whether or not God would have them to spend that money to go buy a new lamp. And uh, we'd go buy a new lamp, and not even think about it. You know, we might go buy another one because we liked the first one. And uh, uh, you know, just little things like that that you do and you don't ever think about it. Uh, but I've been trying to be a little bit more mindful, and I say a little bit more mindful, I guess really a whole lot more mindful in some things, um, about just that type of spending, that type of thing. If I'm going to purchase something, how does that affect me? How does that affect my relationship with God? How does that affect what I can do for the Lord even? Um what is the purpose behind it? You know, just because you can doesn't mean you ought to. And when we stop to think about it, a lot of times uh, in our lives, we don't look at that. So when we start to search through the word of the Lord and we start to realize what his word says, then we begin to realize some things here. See, even him that is, that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. What does the Bible say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. He tells us, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Uh, you know, just the simplicities of life, of, of just having a relationship with God that, that goes far beyond uh, the normalcy of today. I, I'll be honest with you, church. Uh, people think God is just as normal as a, eating the sandwich. Um some days they want a sandwich and some days they don't. And, and really, God is far more than that. God is far greater than that. Uh, his value, his importance uh, is, is so much more than we can comprehend. And we ought to really take extra time to pay attention to that and once again learn that very thing uh, in our relationship with the Lord. A uh, few more times tonight, and I, I want to get to the New Testament, but I'm trying to reach all these uh, uh, if we could, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou wilt see if I will hasten my word to perform it. Uh, it's kind of go back there what he's told Moses, you know, there. Uh, is his hand short that he cannot, uh, that he 
that he shall not see whether that his, my word shall come to pass. Uh, the, uh, God's telling us, you know, we're going to see his word come to pass. In the 23rd chapter and the 28th verse, the prophet had a dream. Let him tell a dream, and he saith unto him, My word, let him speak my word faithfully, uh, which is the chaff of the wheat, saith the Lord. Now, I want to say something right here. God gave a double witness in this verse of Scripture here. And, and think think this way. God tells us there's, there's a sure way to know whether a prophet is a prophet, right? If what he says comes to pass, he's a prophet. If what he says does not come to pass, then he's a false prophet. Uh, that's real simplistic there uh, in this thing here. But then in this aspect here, God gave a double witness to his word. He said, the prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. You know, church, I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I'm going to be flat out honest with you. I believe this King James Bible is the word of God. And when you start claiming other things to be his word, that's not his word, there's a problem there. Why? Speak my word faithfully. I get to visit with some folks the other evening, and we was talking about this very thing, the King James Bible. And uh, they was telling me that they, they memorized the King James Bible. They, they grew up on the King James Bible, but their pastor used a um, different version. He said, He'd be, they'd be reading that and they'd just think about what it really said in the King James and then they uh, finally did this but but I guess what I'm getting to is I, I asked them this question I said I said uh, you know ask your pastor uh, how's he going to preach Jesus in the fiery furnace for the Hebrew children outside he used the King James Bible and they they you know they agreed with me uh, it's one of those things God's word is God's word it's not, it's not many words. It's not different translations or interpretations. God's word is God's word. And, and he said, let him, uh, let, excuse me, and he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. So if you're going to have the word of God and you're going to speak the word of God faithfully, you better make sure you have the right word of God. Uh, and when I say that, the right word of God would be the right word of capital G-O-D, uh, not man-made gods uh, that suit themselves and try to figure out what they can say. Uh, then the 29th verse, following not, he said, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh uh, the rock in pieces? I'm going to tell you something, church, um, that... He, he, he told us, remember? He told us. Jesus Christ is the, is the, 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 the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. He's, he's the precious cornerstone to those of us who believe. And yet to those who don't believe, he's the stumbling block. Uh, it, it's real simple there. This word of God, this one right here, it does something to a person. When they really get into it, they start to study it, they start to read it, it does something to a person uh, but you know and I can't say that nobody's ever been saved because they were told about Jesus even though they were using a different book but I will say this it was not that book that saved them it was the conviction of the Holy Ghost that saved them in spite of that book but yet this book here people are offended at 
This year Bible, people are offended at and they don't like it. And they'll tell you, I don't like that King James Bible. Or they'll argue against it. And the, the funny thing is, is the only people who argue for the King James Bible are the people who are stood in this, that this is God's word and they're not going to waver from it. But those who believe in all these other versions, they will condemn the King James Bible. But they won't condemn the ESV. They won't condemn the NIV. They won't condemn the New Standard Version. They, they, condemn, they condemn the King James, but none of the others. Just tells you which way is right and which way is wrong. Remember here, what God said, is, my word like, is not my word like a fire? Yes, it is, saith the Lord. And like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Yes, it is. Uh, this, this word here goes out and accomplishes what God would have it to do. So now we're jumped over into the New Testament. Um, one of the things that I, I liked, again, in the New Testament, it, uh, it's found, um, the, the phrase, my word, uh, is found uh, five times. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but in those five times, it's found four times in the book of John. I, I like that. So you got five is the number of grace. You got four is the number of gospel. And then the other thing that I liked about it is it's found three times in John chapter 8 itself. Again, John being the fourth book of the New Testament, four the number of gospel, eight being the number of grace, and then three uh, the number of life. Uh, in this aspect, God raised Jesus on the third day. The new, the church, you know, we, we're the uh, New Testament church, and but but I thought that was really interesting in that 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 it broke down that way. Again, if you're not uh, uh, too much on numbers, that may not uh, say too much to you. But for me, uh, it does. And so the first time we find this is in John chapter five. Uh, and we'll go in here and we'll read starting in verse 19. John chapter 5, verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you that the Son can do nothing of himself, but that he's, but what he seeth the Father do. For what, things, for what things soever he doth, these also doth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doth, and he will shew him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. For as the Father raised up the dead, uh, for as the Father raised, raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Now you say these things are a little bit contrary. No, remember Ephesians said, uh, you were dead in your trespasses and sin, but he hath quickened you, right? This is through Jesus Christ. And then chapter 2, uh, the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Uh, John three sixteen or three seventeen. he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. Uh, and then verse 23 here, that all men should honor the Son, even as... As they honor the Father, uh, he hath he hath he that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father, which sent him. Uh, no man has seen the Father at any time except he sees the Son. Right, and then verse twenty four. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word. Remember, 
Now, not only is it my word, but Jesus is the word. Remember? John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that, has, that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. How do I know that I'm saved? Well, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. I believe in the Word of God. I believe this is God in this aspect. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hath my, heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. Uh, remember John chapter 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, we have to go through the word. John 17, 17, uh, he tells us, thou sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. And why would he tell us to listen to his word if his word wasn't truth, if his word wasn't absolute? Well, we know that he wouldn't, and it is. Uh, so we, we see it right here. He that ha heareth my word, heareth the word of God, heareth his words, the words of Christ. Um, and, and, and therein, heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Uh, you know you're saved if you'll believe in this here word of God. And you'll love it and you'll follow it. You won't argue against it. Um, matter of fact, you'll stand up for it. Uh, a lot of folks today aren't standing up for the Word of God. And you get in the next argument uh, he has with using his words, and they're talking about, he's talking to the, uh, the Pharisees, and you know, they're, they got that big argument. All right. Uh, so I, I won't go too far into that. But John chapter 8, uh, we're going to read down. Uh, through verse uh, 47 there we will wrap it up uh, after we get done with this we just got one more place it said then said Jesus unto those Jews which believed on him if you continue in my word well there's a qualifier right there you want to know you want to know that you're doing the will of God you want to know where you need to be right if you continue in my word then are you my disciples indeed you want to know you're on God's side you stay in his word uh, church, you can't argue against it. You can't say, "Well, you know what? I love the Lord, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I don't believe you got to do this, and I don't believe you got to." Hey, if you start arguing against the Word of God, uh, you're not standing with Him. You're not being obedient to His Word. You're not hanging on to Him uh, because you're rebelling against Him uh, in that way. I said, "And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free." Again, right here in this Word, right. I understand my imperfections, but I also understand my obligations. I understand my benefits, but I also understand, uh, again, as we would say, the punishments for being disobedient. I understand that while I strive to do the will of God, when I'm in error, I need to confess and ask for forgiveness, and he'll forgive me. Uh, in verse 33, then they answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage. They want to change the argument around. Uh, this way now now they're going back to who they were born of can i just tell you this the bible started off jesus told us that which is born of the flesh is flesh but that which is born of the spirit is spirit um, so if i want to claim my lineage through the immer side of my family uh, well that might grab me some land somewhere it might do some i don't know what it might do probably in this day and age nothing but if i'm going to claim and hang on to the word of God then there's great benefits there there's great things there that's eternal life abiding there 
when you start arguing against the word of God and you say, well, my granddaddy was this and my grandmama was that, I'm going to tell you something. You ain't going to heaven on nobody's shirt tails. You'll either go through the shed blood of Jesus Christ or you won't get there. Pure, plain and simple. Nobody's good enough to get you there outside of Christ and you'll never be good enough to get you there without Christ. Uh, so, anyways, uh, I'll try to read this so we can go on. He said, We be of Abraham's seed. We were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. He's putting it plain, folks. And the servant abideth not in the house uh, forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Uh, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. Um, I'll just be honest with you. When people get mad because you're teaching the word of God, the real word of God is because the word of God's not in them. He said it there. He said it here. It's the truth. Uh, they may have a lineage to claim, but that lineage is not going to get it. Hey, Abraham did not die for them, but Jesus will die for them. Uh, uh, Abraham's faith and trust was in God and faith and trust in the covenant that God had made with him. He was faithful, Abraham, the Bible says. Uh, so he, he was not trusting in himself to get to heaven and nobody else could either. Uh, he was trusting in God and they're going to have to put their faith and trust in God, which means they're going to have to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Going on, uh, he said, I speak that which I have seen of my father, and ye do that which ye have seen of your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If Abraham, if ye were Abraham's children, you would do the work of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. Uh, this did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said unto him, We be not born of fornication we have one father even god jesus said if god were your father you would love me for i proceed forth and came from god neither came i of myself but he sent me why do you not understand my speech even because you cannot hear my word they their hearts were hardened that they would not hear the word of god they were arguing against jesus christ against the word that was being spoken to them but also against the word standing before them um, and then he tells him in verse 44, he's pretty plain about it. He said, ye are of your father, the devil church. Let me tell you, nobody likes to hear that, but that's the truth. If you're not going to abide in the word of God, you're going to abide outside the word of God. And your father is not God. It is Satan. Um, and I know a lot of folks don't, you don't want to hear that. You wouldn't embrace that. You wouldn't like that. But can I tell you something, church? Can I tell you something, folks, if you're listening to this? It's real simple. Either you are going to be on God's side or you're going to be against God. Jesus said, he that is not with me is against me. He that gathereth not together scattereth abroad. You, you cannot play uh, both sides of the fence when it comes to God. There's only going to be one side, either on God's side or, or not. Uh, I think about the time that uh, the prophet, and I can't remember everything, so I probably shouldn't even say it, uh, but he asked the question, who is on my side? And whenever he found out the servants upstairs was on his side or the people that he was talking to was on his side, he told them to go get Jezebel and uh, throw her down. 
And that's exactly what they did. They threw Jezebel down. Can I tell you this? If you're on God's side, uh, you need to get rid of that Jezebel spirit. Throw it down. Get rid of it. Cast it out. And follow God and love God and honor God and glorify God and magnify Him there. So he said in verse 44, You're of your father the devil. In the lust of your father will you do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth. Now think about that. Abode not in the truth. Uh, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. He is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Now just think about this. Uh, which of you convinces me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. You therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. Uh, church, I'm going to tell you, when, when people are sitting there and they're arguing against the preacher, they're arguing against the word of God, if he's really preaching the word of God, uh, they're not arguing against him, they're arguing against word, God's word, and the reason they're doing it, because they're not of God. That's what he said, pure, simple, real easy, you're not of God. Uh, I don't want to be mean, but let me tell you something, uh, you want to know whether or not you're of God? All you got to do is read read the Word of God, see the Word of God, hear the Word of God, and follow the Word of God. That's that simple. And when you mess up, confess up, get up, and go straight up. Get it right. We know these things. Um, the last place is found over in the book of Revelations in the third chapter. It's talking to the, mess, to the church of Philadelphia. Uh, so we start in verse 7. It said, unto the angel of the and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that hath the, that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. And that, that makes me think about what I said the other evening, talking about the ark. Uh, God, God shut to the door of the ark. Moses pitched on the inside, God pitched on the outside. Uh, you know, uh, God shut it, no man could open it. Uh, Moses couldn't open the door, or Noah couldn't open the door. Uh, but he goes on, verse 8, he says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and has not denied my name. Now think about this. Sometimes uh, you try. Uh, got issues, got problems, but you're trying. And that's what he said. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. God has set before you and I an open door. Uh, we're going to walk into the door of salvation. We're going to walk through and see what God has for us and follow that. Are we going to uh, turn away and, and go another direction and do what we want to do? Uh, are we going to try to shut the door in God's face? Uh, God has set forth the open door. No man's going to shut it, but you don't have to go into it. Remember, Straight is the way, and there is the gate that leadeth unto life eternal, and few there be that find it. Uh, but broad is the way, and broad is the gate that leadeth unto destruction, and many there be that go in uh, thereat. So God sets forth the doors, your choice, my choice. Um, but if we're going to hold to his word, remember, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man shut it. For thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Now, when you stand for God, God's going to stand for you. When you stand for Christ, Christ's going to stand for you. Because thou hast kept, my wor kept the word of my 
kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the holy city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down from heaven from my God. And I will write upon him a new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Church, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I, I love this uh, little part here, and I was thinking about this uh, when he said it, Thou hast... Uh, for thou hast little strength. Well, little is much if God is in it. We know that to be a fact, and we know that to be true. Uh, so let's hang on to this. Remember this. Uh, it's not what I say, but it's what God says. And so the title of my, my lesson tonight was My Word, because I was studying those thoughts there, but I put in the quotations there, My God's Words, not Ernie's Words, not your words, God's Words. Uh, and so if we'll hold on to God's word, we'll heed this. And every time we read that, realize this. Like I said, 15 times written there, 14 times directly in the correlation with God and Christ, one time out of the mouth of uh, Elijah, but according to the word of God uh, in this, uh, we find this. And by the way, the number 15 is three times five. Uh, you got the Godhead there. God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Ghost, right? And there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, Word, and Holy Ghost, and these three are one. You got three times five, five being the number of grace. Uh, also, again, the number of death. But ye which are dead, hath he quickened together? I mean, when you die out to the old flesh and you get a new new life, new, new walk of life, um, and I, I'll get all bum-fumbled on it, but, but you, you know, when we, we die out to the flesh and live for Christ, uh, church, uh, we, we've got the grace of God. That's a sure, simple part of it. Um, so do remember that. Father, this evening, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we love you. God, just give you glory for all that you do for us and all that you've done. We just ask you, Lord, have your way in our hearts, minds, and souls, and help us through this week. Bless the word, dear God. Father, we pray you bless our hearts and help us to be better observers of it, doers of it, dear God, that we may magnify and glorify your name. Uh, following you, loving you, and honoring you. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. We love you. We pray God bless you and keep you safe till we see you again.